This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. As we wind up our coverage of school board races this year, we talked this week with three candidates who are running for seats on the Puyallup School District Board, each of whom faces an opponent who is affiliated with Pierce County Moms for Liberty. Amanda Cuthbert is running for an open seat in position three. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Uh, Trish Crocker is a challenger for a seat in position two. Hello to you. Hello. And Davida Sharpay-Good is running for an open seat in position five. Hi to you, Davida. And let's just start with you. So, you know, I know that you have very deep experience as an educator. You're an associate professor at Pierce College. You have a master's in special education, a master's in early education. Uh, it is my understanding that the current Puyallup School Board uh, lacks directors with education experience. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, why it matters that we have, uh, you know, public school boards that have people with education experience. Well, first off, it is definitely an honor to be here. And what I bring and what I'm excited about is my background in education. Um, I have been in early education since 1998. Um, I've been a teacher. I've been a center director. I've been a parent advocate for um, families who have children in the special education system. Um, as you mentioned, I am now a professor of education. I love to tell people I teach the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when we're working to build a educational ecosystem, having someone on the board who understands all of those perspectives and has experience from all those perspectives is very important because um, that will help to inform the decision making. That will help to inform the narrative and that make sure that everyone's included um, in the decisions that are being made. Absolutely. You know, and, and speaking of inclusion, uh, you are a community organizer as well who works as a consultant for organizations for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you said social justice is your life. So talk about the importance of this on school boards and, and also in our schools, you know. I, I, I believe in authentic community. And when we're talking about authentic community, that means everyone is included. Everyone's voice is there. Everyone is represented. So it's important that when we're looking at inclusion, we're looking at diversity, that everyone is not only brought to the space, but they are a valued part of the space. Um, So really looking at my race and looking at what I'm hoping to work to do is ensure that every student, every family, every uh, teacher, staff, um, and admin are seen, heard, and valued, and that we're all centering around putting the students first um, and really and, and embracing and and and, and growing in that aspect. One thing that we all know is Puyallup is growing and becoming much more diverse. And so as these children and their families are coming in, we need someone on the board who's who has the heart, who has the mind, who has the practice and the experience, ensuring that we're embracing all the different cultures that are gonna be represented, represented in our community and all the different abilities are gonna be represented in our ability. So it's truly about just authentic community. I'm, I'm huge on that. I love that. Yeah, authentic community. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned in the intro, um, like uh, both Trish and Amanda, you face an opponent who is affiliated with Moms for Liberty. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you see the threat of this group and also the stance on education that they represent. Well, a, a big piece of the threat and the stance that they that I understand and, and that I've seen through my research with that is that everyone's um, rights, everyone's perspectives are not 
included in their ideologies. Um, one of the key pieces to what teachers do is they present all of the information. They present all of the facts and they are working to build children who become future adults who are able to critically think and make strong decisions on their own. When we're looking at um, the beliefs of those from Moms for Liberty, yes, they're saying parents' rights. Yes, they're saying parent involvement, but it's not all parents' rights. It's not all parents' involvement. And so that's very important that um, I firmly believe I am someone who's of a very strong Christian faith. I believe and love my Christian faith. But I understand that also that partners with someone of a Muslim faith or who doesn't believe in Christianity. Like we all should be, again, back to this authentic community that we're embracing each other, that we're loving each other and we're honoring each other's rights, we're honoring each other's beliefs. And that when we're in the classroom and we're supporting our teachers in the classroom, we're allowing our teachers to present for children all of the facts, all of the information to help grow that. So looking at Moms for the Liberty, and what they're standing for, it's only one perspective. It's only one lane of the the, the viewpoint that is bringing a threat to um, our teachers. Teachers have voiced that they're fearing for their jobs. Um, they're fearing for what the integrity in their classrooms. Uh, families who do not align with the beliefs of Moms for Liberty, for, of Moms for Liberties, families who may not look like the majority of Moms for Liberty, um, or have the lifestyles of the majority of moms for liberty, their ch child's experience in school are being threatened. And so I really kind of look at myself like I'm coming in as the mama bear for all children to make sure they all have a safe environment that they can thrive in and work in and learn in and become the amazing adults that they're going to be one day. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I'm wondering, I know that you've been on the doors quite a bit uh, in advance to this race. So what are you hearing um, from people in the community uh, about uh, everything that you're just talking about, about this threat? I'm here. One thing that PILOP has a lot of teachers. Um, and so we have been door knocking the three of us and a lot of the teachers are saying, please, please fight. Please win. Our jobs are on the line. The integrity of our jobs are on the line. Please make sure you win. We cannot have um, these individuals in these seats. Um, we're having even young people are like, it was so neat. Me uh, and Trish were doing sign waving one day and there were teenagers coming to us, asking us questions and saying like, you know, please win. You know, we we want to. We want to be able to think for ourselves. We want to be able to learn things. We don't want people hiding things from us. And so hearing from teenagers that they are invested in this and they're researching this, hearing from the community and saying like, look, this is not who we are. This is not what we're about. We are about being together. We're about being united. And this, this group and what they're believing is bringing tension, is bringing hate and bringing division in our community. Keep going, keep fighting, keep door knocking. I mean, people are coming to help us make calls and, and text message. So the community is strong of saying that we are standing together and we're standing united and we're standing united in a way that is from love and from community and, and being inclusive together um, and not trying to push someone out or not trying to say that there is a part of a community that does not belong in our schools and doesn't belong in our classrooms. Mm. I love everything you're saying, and especially I'm struck by the fact that you were approached by teens uh, in in support because these are the you know, these are your students. These are the people who are directly going, the young people who are directly impacted by by what is happening uh, on education in the community. So you know we're getting close to the election. Uh, I know that Indivisible Puyallup and Indivisible Tacoma have been very active in this race. So a big shout out to all of our friends there. How can people help your campaign, Davida? 
I think the first thing is ballots are in the mail. Get your ballot out, vote, ensure that you you are um, selecting all the way down the ballot for both myself, Trish and Amanda. Um, get the word out, your neighbors, your friends, your families, making sure that they're getting their ballots. Um, we always welcome door knockers. We always welcome people to help with phone banking and text banking. We know social media is a huge drive in our community. Sharing our posts, um, sharing our hashtags, sharing our, our blogs, all of that, any type of voter contact that leads to people actually making a selection of the vote is exactly what we need. And then we also need to come join and be part of the community after the race, because we're going to win this. So after the race, we don't want this to be like we ran a campaign and we made all these connections and they're gone. We want you to be part of the journey the next four years as we are part of PL School Board. We want your voice. We want your connection. We want to keep that going um, all the way through. I love it. It's ongoing. Uh, Davida, thank you so much. Uh, we will talk next with Trish Crocker. Uh, Trish, welcome to you. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background and, and why you decided to run for school board. Um, hi, um, I have been a, a grant writer and grant professional and fundraiser for um, uh, about 25 years in human service um, organizations and um, working with uh, families experiencing homelessness, uh, uh, youth who haven't thrived in traditional academic environments um, and other um, other uh, uh, food banks and housing and homelessness and um, health care. Um, so that's brought me to understand that um, community is very important and, and collaborating in various um, organizations with between various organizations is really important to help families succeed. And students are better able to succeed when families succeed. Um, it It's also um, brought me into contact with a lot of youth who are experiencing homelessness, um, a disproportionate amount of them who are part of the LGBTQIA um, community. And um, back early in the year, I went to a school board meeting where some uh, a group I, um, I'm involved with had heard that there were going to be um, church members going to protest the policy to protect um, uh, transgender and non-binary students. And the hate I heard in there uh, just made it so that I could no longer stand by and um i um i'm a mother and um my my son is cisgender and um but he has friends who have family who um are transgender and i'm binary and even if they, he didn't know that um the school district is better when we respect everyone and all students need to know that they belong and that they're valued in order to really have a productive learning environment. And there's a, enough students have to deal with in um, trying to help um, feeling like they're belonging, especially in the middle and uh, high school um, environment. They don't need this in addition. So I'm just hoping that I can bring my skills and expertise and, um, and commitment to equity to help make this um, an even better school district. You know, the 100% agreement with everything you're saying. And thank you for stepping up. Um, you know, you you mentioned your professional work. I, I, I believe right now you are the chief grant writer for Pierce County Human Services. 
It's my understanding that the Puyallup School District has faced a number of funding issues, uh, struggling to pass bonds and levies. So talk a little bit about some of the ways that the school district is falling short in terms of funding. And given your professional background, then what are some alternative sources that you would want to pursue? Well, I do know that um, the um, levy that was just approved by the um, the school board to go um, before the voters in February 2024 um, is only for $175 million over six years. Their identified need was over $320 million. So that leaves a, a large chunk of identified need. Some of that may be able to be um, uh, postponed a little bit, but that's going to need a lot of fundraising. So um, I am prepared to help to go for federal grants, state grants, um, as well as looking at corporate and foundation support to see how we can fill that need. But most importantly, trying to make sure that that those are actual needs that um, that are um, the highest priority. I want to make sure that all of our resources are um, prioritized to be the closest to the students um, and to the education, that we're making sure that academics really are um, and, and um, those supports are really important. I want to help partner with um, other community organizations. We have a, a lot of really great supportive um, organizations that um, the uh, the school district already contracts with. I'd like to see if we can um, even enhance those further um, and just try and wrap around wrap around our services and what our resources for the students. But most importantly, if we're going to get this levy passed, there's a trust issue. And I think that um, that um, my fundraising experience may be helpful in because we need to be transparent. We need to be communicating with these parents and voters in a way that is not patronizing and is not condescending, but tells them the truth about what we want to invest in and why it's important and not be using analogies about Wi-Fi in our um, one student, one kid's um, bedroom instead of another. I understand the purpose of that, but it was condescending what I heard at the meeting on Monday. And um, that's now not how I think we can get this um, so that the voters are ready to approve this. You know, you've worked most of your career to bring services to low-income and historically marginalized families and, and, and children, as you mentioned, you, you know, uh, disadvantaged, uh, often uh, homeless uh, uh, children. I wonder how specifically this would come to bear on your, your work on the board. I think it helps me to recognize that not everyone has automatically the resources that they need at, in their home to um, naturally uh, um, be able to concentrate on uh, their classwork, that completing their assignment may not be the ultimate, you, you know, the top um, priority in their mind at the time, that, um, you know, that if they're experiencing homelessness, if or if they're even experiencing housing instability, if they're um, not having connections with their family, if they're um, uh, if they're having health care issues, or if their family is, you know, experiencing health care issues, this can all affect their ability to take in what's being taught and retain it. And um, it also has informed how um, uh, knowing uh, we've 
Um, Amanda and Davida both have special education backgrounds, um, and that is something that if, um, that my um, current position, I come into contact with uh, Child Reach, which works with the Puyallup Tribe of Indians to help um, do early developmental screenings to identify the needs for um, individual education programs or IEPs. Um, I'm trying to not use uh, acronyms because that's a that's that's a, a professional. Uh, uh, problem for grant writers. We well, it's also a problem for people listening to podcasts. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so I've, I've been, you know, I, I recognize that uh, early detection, early intervention um, in learning abilities and um, needing of resources is so important. And yeah. um, that, that also um, factors into um, us being able to, uh, help address things early on and trying to be proactive instead of reactive as the board as much as we can. Yeah. Well, you know, so th you were touching on issues of equity earlier, and I know that you're challenging uh, a board member, a current sitting board member who is affiliated with Moms for Liberty. Talk a little, a little bit about how you're seeing the stakes of this particular election. I, I think that Moms for Liberty is a great risk um to school districts um and 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 um and not just school districts school districts are where they're planning on starting from what i've heard um uh there are things about trying to keep books out of <clears throat> that they find inappropriate and um my thing as, as davida was saying I, I respect a parent's um right to um determine what their children can read, but it's completely different if they want it taken out of the library because they want to make a decision about what my child or someone else's child can read. Um, uh, that also goes for what can be in the curriculum. I think that um, uh, the uh, white fragility of, um, that comes with um, them not wanting history be, to be truly taught I think I believe in science-based and fact-based education. I think that we should not be deciding on history and science based on ideologies. Um, I, and um, I think that uh, that's a real. Um, the, all of those things are a threat with this organization. So we are coming into the home stretch on this uh, election. So how could, how would you like to see people helping you in the remaining days of your campaign? Well, as Davida said, um, we um, can use all the support we can get. Um, this is a really large uh, school district. There's 87,000 registered voters last time I saw. Um, so the door knocking, we would love to have anybody who wants to help us with door knocking, phone banking, text banking. Please um, uh, get to our social media, our Facebook pages and our websites and um, share with everyone you know. Um, if you are in the Puyallup School District, please remember to vote for us um, on, uh, on or before November 7th. And then um, it is, since it is such a large organization, if people have the resources to financially um, support us, uh, go to our websites and um, contribute with the, the donate buttons. 
And the website is friends number four Trish, friendsfortrish.com. Trish Crocker, thank you so much. Uh, finally, we talk with Amanda Cuthbert. So, Amanda, you know, you have experience working with our state lawmakers writing legislation for things like early childhood education. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about your background and really um, how your work on legislation would inform what you do on the school board. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, I have a history of several years of fierce advocacy, uh, and most often it was in early childhood education. Uh, one of the bills that we fought hardest for was the uh, Child Care Access Now bill um, that was put in place by Kristen Reeves. Um, and you know, crafting legislation is all about hearing the needs of the community and formulating a workable plan that can benefit the most amount of people without alienating others in the process. It's about building relationships and being a trusted person, even when you're not in full agreement with others' perspectives. And this ties in seamlessly with being a school board director because this is what their role is. Uh, it's a bridge to join folks together. In this instance, it's the public uh, with the administration. Uh, much like legislation, the public are your taxpayers and the folks uh, who are most emotionally invested in the process that you hold the power and have a responsibility to use it wisely. And the administration are the folks who will be spending those tax dollars where they are influenced to use them. Uh, so without thoughtful guidance, that influence can unfortunately be used to further personal benefits or political agendas that don't take the children and educators into account. This is why we need folks like us who are so personally invested in the well-being of our students and teachers above all else. Well, and your personal uh, investment goes into your work professionally. So you work as a learning coach with uh, Bright Spark Academy. So I'll just ask you what I asked Davida. So talk about what it means to have somebody with actual educational background on a, on a school board that currently lacks it. Yeah, uh, you know, on a personal note, it boggles my mind that we don't see many folks with an educational background serving on our school boards. You have to live it, appreciate it on a personal level to be able to juggle decisions that will shape the future of our students and district overall. Uh, my career focuses on young learners birth to age five, with this being uh, the direct path before entering formal school settings. Uh, so I understand thoroughly the importance of catering to the whole child and not just focusing on academic standards. My professional role is uh, leading a team of early learning consultants uh, in ensuring our early learning programs are providing quality environments for our most at-risk communities so that they have the best opportunities throughout their life, starting with kindergarten readiness. Uh, so it's just really important to me that we consider it looks like for our district as well, who serve a large at-risk community. And we oftentimes focus on some of the more privileged uh, folks uh, and, and their needs instead, and don't take into account the needs of all the students in our district and the families that we serve. You also served on the board of the Puyallup Public Library, um, and you know we were just talking with Trish about this. We know about the threats uh, posed by groups like Moms for Liberty and wanting to censor and eliminate books. So talk a little bit about how you see this threat vis-a-vis -vis, uh, our, our education system, our public education system. Yeah, it's, it's really scary. It's a threat to critical thinking skills and creative expression, as well as seeking answers to the world's mysteries. I don't want to sound old and out of touch, but when I was in school, that's my job. All sorts. Yeah, that's my job, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I personally had graduated over 20 years ago, and, you know, we read all sorts of really risque themes and events, uh, and it broadened our views and ideas. It really opened our eyes to what else is out there or what has already happened. And, um, you know, you learn so much from the past. So when you are, are trying to, to stifle the, the true history, you are doomed to repeat, um, as we have 
over the years. Um, you know, taking choice away from the learners doesn't protect them from the world. It denies them access to it. Uh, we can push back by not supporting groups that support book bans. Uh, we can donate to and vote for candidates who are fighting these extremists, and we can protest with our dollars by not or by buying the books that are threatened by these bans. It doesn't protect people from the content of these books. It denies them access. Perfectly put. You know, you. Uh, I'll just ask you to to say a little bit more on because I've asked both Davida and Trish this. What you see as the stakes uh, really in this year's election? Yeah, you know, this year it's it's really scary. Uh, I keep using that term. I'm I'm really worried as a parent who has children in this district, um, second grader and eighth grader. Uh, we still have a long ways to go. And thinking about the possibility of our opponents shaping our district for the next four years and beyond is terrifying. Uh, as my slate mates already mentioned, the Moms for Liberty movement is a serious threat to the future of our students. And with all three of us being with a candidate representing that organization. Gallup School District is at risk of falling back in time, being subject to far-right religious ideologies that threaten the autonomy and diversity of those who rely on the board to make decisions for all in the area. And of course, this runs the risk of long-term damage to the adults of our future, getting the education that they deserve and that they need to be successful adults in our communities. So uh, as I've said, we're in the home stretch here. How can people help your campaign right now? Yeah, vote. Um, you'll be seeing those ballots here any day. Uh, help us spread the word. Uh, join us for door knocking, sign waving, share our social media posts. Um, our opponents have really um, put out a lot of signs and things like that that, um, you know, are, are litter, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. But they, um, you know, they have a visibility that maybe don't. Um, and, you know, helping to spread the word will increase the opportunity of folks uh, uh, hearing about us and not just seeing signs and voting for a familiar. Well, we will have information uh, for everybody, for all of our uh, audience members on uh, everybody's campaigns here and how you can get involved. Amanda Cuthbert, Trish Crocker, Davida Sharp, Haygood. Thank you all for stepping up. This is really the most important thing that I think we can do civically. And, and really, thank you for your for your time today, all of you. And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.